0: Hey everyone, welcome to Wiki University, the podcast that dives down the rabbit hole of Wikipedia to explore the sum of all human knowledge. I am your host, Kyle Burseth, and as always, I am introducing to you the head of the class here at Wiki University, the guy that we haven't been able to keep out of the student union gym this summer, Jason Nunez.
1: Ooh, 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 ooh.
0: Hey everybody whoa, did I scare you? Yeah, those biceps. Oh, okay. oh I thought of my
1: hope my, my wolves nope my bite is uh scarier than
0: my sound go on finish your introduction wait what is
1: that though what is it it's a uh, his bark. bite's bigger than your
0: no bark the bark is bigger bark. than the bite yeah. my
1: bark is bigger than my bite there that's you go. right well folks thank you so much for joining us uh welcome once more and another thank you for liking subscribing And a reminder to tell a friend and give us those thumbs up. And you guys know the deal here. Two thumbs up equals a fist. So whenever you're comfortable with it, fist us.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, I can't co-sign to that. But I will say if people are listening on wherever they listen to podcasts, (laughs) you can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube and check out this is a tank, full tank episode We're going full tank for summer
1: sessions It's a hot one here We're going over, what is it, what's the temp outside? It's like
0: 110, 115? 120
1: I mean, it is in here, if you know what I mean I don't know what you mean Well, you, you texted me a, a picture of your bicep as I was heading over here And man, I got Dwayne the Rock Hard Johnson
0: I am surprised you didn't Paul Walker, your car <laughs> Wait, what? Oh boy. Hey, that, hey, come on.
1: What did he he do to us aside from bringing us top tier entertainment in in the most unselfish ways? Huh?
0: What do you mean? He didn't do anything. I just made a car crash reference.
1: Hey man, God bless his
0: soul. To go with your Dwayne the Rockhard Johnson reference.
1: They were in a couple movies together.
0: Okay, Jason, do you want to dive into the topic
1: here? Why yes I do. It's summer session. Let's get it. It's summer school sessions. Let's do it. Okay. So classes are a little shorter now.
0: We'll see. Okay. I'll stay in. I'll stay for extra credit. Okay, so the topic today is Nellie Bly. Have you heard of her? Nellie J. Bly? Nope. Then I haven't. Mm, so Nellie Bly, I guess we can just dive into the article here. Please. Her original name is Elizabeth. Cochrane Seaman. Okay. Really? That's
1: a hard name. That's a hard name. Yeah. I mean, and by hard, I mean like, like elementary school was tough on her, I bet.
0: Yeah. Well, she was better known by her pen name, Nellie Bly, not surprisingly. Mm. You don't want to keep Cochrane Seaman very very long. Yeah. You want to keep that uh, short. Yeah. Keep that Cochrane semen short, yeah, actually, you know it's the it's twenty twenty three I think at this point it's see they them yeah, <laughs> you know <laughs> let's be politically correct here, as always. This is a podcast known
1: for its uh P- political C's.
0: correctness. So anyway, she was better known by her pen name, Nellie Bly, was an American journalist who was widely known for her record breaking trip around the world in seventy-two days in a what in emulation of Jules Verne's fictional character, Phineas Fogg. Is that from uh Around the World in Hundred Days or something 80 in that days, air balloon? I think. Around the world in eighty days. I don't know if it was in an air balloon. i I can neither confirm nor deny that.
1: I I think I've seen parts of the Jackie Chan movie. I think they do it in a hot air balloon of sorts.
0: Oh okay. Oh yeah, that was a movie not too long ago. Long ago. I How feel like. did they? integrate jackie chan's karate into around the world in 80 days i am curious especially
1: because um a hot air balloon's about what like a five by five maybe a seven by seven foot little little box it's tight yeah
0: but that's actually perfect for jackie chan now that i think about it he's swinging around the 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 outside yeah the outside you think he's gonna fall out but don't tell me the entire movie took place in a hot air balloon like it was a phone think, booth or something. I think most of
1: it. Oh, that'd be another phone. <laughs> I kind of I like phone booth. I'm not going to lie. I saw it in theaters. I, I enjoyed it. And you know what? I just thought Tom Cruise is the white Jackie Chan.
0: No. Because he does his own stunts. I, I, I mean, I would not. That's like two different columns. It's apples and oranges.
1: Okay, that's fine. But,
0: you know, sometimes a good orange is as good as a good apple. Okay. (laughs) Back to Nellie Bly here. She was known for traveling around the world in 72 days in emulation of Jules Verne's fictional character Phineas Fogg and an expose in which she worked undercover to report on a mental institution from within. She was a pioneer in her field and launched a new kind of investigative journalism. A real uh, f- uh foot-on-the-ground
1: kind of journalism. Like, I want to get the experience.
0: Yeah, boots-on-the-ground journalism. Oh, is that the <laughs> that's saying? What, that's the saying, yeah. It didn't stick, but she tried to do it. So she started... Let's go down to her career, or we could go to early life. You know, I've always thought about, like...
1: Uh, they're always those kids are lucky, the ones that like know what they want to do when they're like children. I'm not saying that she particularly knew that she wanted to do that, I'm just saying, like,
0: yeah, let me give you a little context because she was born May 5th, 1864, when there were about two things women were allowed to do one of them was hot air ballooning, and the second one was have a baby, then die, right. Those were the two things. Yeah,
1: and she she's gonna check. Uh, her bucket
0: list is not long. <laughs> That's a different movie. As a young girl, Elizabeth often was called Pink because she so frequently wore that color. As she became a teenager, she wanted to portray herself as more sophisticated, and she dropped the nickname and changed her surname to Cochrane.
1: I'm glad she dropped the nickname. That's you know I don't know who her friends are, but they're a little lazy.
0: Yeah, people named pink cannot be successful. Well, I just mean, like, if your friends are that not creative, that's like, oh, she wears a lot of pink. Let's call her pink. Okay, so let's fast forward to her career. In 1885, a column in the Pittsburgh Dispatch titled What Girls Are Good For stated that girls were principally for birthing children and keeping house. There you go. This prompted Elizabeth to write a response under the pseudonym Lonely Orphan Girl. That was her new nickname? That she was adapted? her new nickname, <laughs> yeah. The editor, George Madden, was impressed with her passion and ran an advertisement asking the author to identify herself. Come forward, lonely orphan girl. When Cochrane introduced herself to the editor, he offered her the opportunity to write a piece for the newspaper, again under the pseudonym Lonely Orphan Girl. Her first article for The Dispatch titled The Girl Puzzle, argued that not all women would marry and that what was needed were better jobs for women hey breaking that glass i wanted i was going
1: to say wall but i know it's ceiling it's
0: a ceiling yeah. and she was trying to ram her hot air balloon right through it ooh her second article mad marriages was about how divorce affected women in it she argued for reform of divorce laws that's pretty progressive at the time Yeah, I mean, because
1: before divorce was invented, I think you just murder your husband or
0: or wife, right? That was, like, the default. that was the alternative.
1: I think that's why they invented divorce.
0: I shouldn't say the alternative. You're right. Yeah, the (laughs) the default. Not only that, you usually get away with it. Oh, sure.
1: Back then? Back in hot air balloon times? No forensics. Yeah, zero D. And although you would get caught like by now but you'd already be dead like if it was a cold case yeah and your uh kids or something wanted to kind of have that closure Mm -hmm. you could probably solve it with dna yes
0: but the person would be
1: long gone by then like
0: both you got sentenced to death by life by yeah by life itself by life itself yeah life a cold It was customary for women who were newspaper writers at the time to use pen names. The editor chose Nellie Bly after the African-American title character in the popular song Nellie Bly by Stephen Foster. Wait, so and she was a white woman stealing a black name? White woman stealing a black name. Well, let's just say he was a white man giving her... A black name that okay. he stole. Okay. Oh, he
1: gave it her. I he gave you... it. To oh, her. okay. Yeah. Okay. W-
0: you know, he was letting her write these progressive articles, but he was like, "I still get to name you." Mm, okay. Naming Which... rights. Naming rights. That <laughs> was one of the first. <laughs> so then Madden, the editor, was impressed again with her writing and offered her a full time job okay. as a writer. A woman. A full blown writer woman. Yeah. As a writer. And now what year it, is this? What year is this? Uh, this would be 1885. Okay. And by that so point. So she's only like 21 years old also. And did she keep. So up, almost dead. Um, almost. <laughs> <laughs> so she's three fourths
1: through her life.
0: She's actually outlived typical life expectancy by five years at this point and does she keep uh that pseudonym that nickname or does she yeah i mean she's an article on wiki as okay. that pseudonym i guess it's
1: tough if you already got a little momentum behind that name you yeah know?
0: you got to keep it right right it can't rebrand at <laughs> that point no how could you right as a writer Nellie bly focused her early work for the pittsburgh dispatch on the lives of working women writing a series of investigative articles on women factory workers However, the newspaper soon received complaints from factory owners about her writing, and she was reassigned to women's pages to cover fashion, society, and gardening, the usual role for women journalists. You know, it's funny. I
1: imagine her, when she's doing her investigative journalism in Women in the Workplace, I imagine her dressed up as a man, dressed up as a woman, to
0: investigate. Whoa, whoa, I'm trying to follow the strings of your brain here. Say that again? Because if it was a guy,
1: he would have to dress up like a woman to do some real investigative journalism.
0: So you're saying she was dressed as a guy, as a journalist? Yes. And using the name (laughs) Nellie... Nellie can be a man or a woman's name. Well, it can. And she's got a big, thick mustache, big uh, broom... Style mustache. I did think
1: of mustache. A mustache came into my head of when course. I was thinking of that. Yeah. She's got a little soot on her cheeks. A little soot. One of those kind of like Inspector Gadget hats. A big lunchbox. But like a, like a blonde wig hair. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> 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 well, you have certainly painted the picture. Mm, and uh, that picture tastes good. Anyway, she got relegated to the women's pages. And became dissatisfied. So let's fast forward a little bit here. She went to Mexico, serving as a foreign correspondent, spending nearly a half a year reporting on the lives and customs of the Mexican people.
1: Mexican women? Or
0: just all people? It sounds like people. In one report, she protested the imprisonment of a local journalist for criticizing the Mexican government, then a dictatorship under Porfino Diaz. Whoa, they should be careful. They could have your head for that kind of stuff. That's true. She made it back, though. When Mexican authorities learned of Bly's report, they threatened her with arrest, prompting her to flee the country. Safely home, she accused him of being a tyrannical czar, suppressing the Mexican people and controlling the press. Okay, let's get down to this asylum expose, which I think she you know, made headlines for and then move on.
1: But what was her big, what, like, why does she have an, uh, an article on Wiki? Is it because of just her overall body of work of, of, uh, of breaking that glass ceiling? Or was it the hot air balloon right around the world? I
0: think it's the getting into it. The, like, not just going around and asking questions, but actually diving into the story. Okay, as a journalist. The okay. investigative journalism aspect Okay, so it.
1: more her body of work as a journalist. And her techniques. And her techniques. Yeah.
0: Right, 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 right. Dressing up as a man, as a woman, (laughs) while being a woman. Very unique technique. (laughs) Uh, And it paid off. So here is the Asylum Exposé. She ended up writing a book called Ten Days in a Madhouse. Burdened again with theater and arts reporting, this is when she's back from Mexico, Bly left the Pittsburgh dispatch in 1887 for the big city, New York City.
1: Big dreams ahead for this little lady. That's right. No longer dressed in pink. So I would I would figure that by this point she stopped wearing pink.
0: Yeah, she dropped the name <coughs> Pink. That's but not you, her nickname
1: anymore. Right. But Are, think, have you
0: been listening to anything I've been saying?
1: I just mean just cause she's not nicknamed pink doesn't mean like she's not wearing Pink anymore. I don't think that's what's important about her, <laughs> Jason. I just feel bad that this lady has to give up all of her femininity.
0: I don't know that she did. She was reporting on women nonstop, she faced rejection after rejection. As That's very that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, sounds like she was still feeling like a woman of the times.
1: <laughs> mm, I feel like woman down, down, down. I love is
0: that Shania's way? That That's Shania. Shania.
1: <sighs> Big fan, man. Big fan.
0: She faced rejection after rejection as news editors would not consider hiring a woman. She should have dressed up as a man, investigating women not being able to get jobs as a woman, and still go by Nelly. Penniless, after four months, she talked her way into the office of Joseph Pulitzer's newspaper. Whoa! Like Pulitzer Prize. Pulitzer Prize. Did she
1: Pulitzer it? Surprise him.
0: What is that? Or this? Surprise jazz hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You don't when you give people a surprise, you don't say, "Hey, surprise."
0: No, I say Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> but you
1: don't do you? Not not the jazz hands.
0: No, with the jazz hands, of okay. course. That's yeah. what I was doing. Then you asked what I was doing. Of course, yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Anyway, he worked at or maybe owned New York World, which is a newspaper. okay and took an under so she took an undercover assignment for which she agreed to feign insanity to investigate reports of brutality and neglect Whoa. at the Women's Lunatic Asylum on Blackwell's Island, now named Roosevelt Island.
1: So she went to the Looney bin for uh and like
0: that's also just good acting skills. Well, she went to the Women's Lunatic Asylum, which great right. name. The, yeah, the Women's Loony Bin. Yeah. The WLN. Um, B, WLB. Well, it was not easy for Bly to be admitted to the asylum. She you really thought, had to prove it. <laughs> they, you would have thought she could have just said, I'm a woman and I'm hysterical. And they would have just said right this way. They were like, prove it. She first decided to check herself into a boarding house called Temporary Homes for Females, THF. She stayed up all night to give herself the wide eyed look of a disturbed woman and began making accusations that the other boarders were insane. Ah, oh, that's a good loony. You accuse everyone else of being insane. Great loony technique. That is a, and she really went method here before method.
1: Yeah, sure. To to I mean that'll do to you staying up all night. That yeah. gets you a little I mean, that the few times that I've done it gets me a little loopy in the head, I'll she, tell you that much.
0: She probably was like, maybe I am a little insane. Right, 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 right. blind told the assistant matron, quote unquote, There are so many crazy people about, and one can never tell what they will do.
1: One can never tell. <laughs> Brittany Murphy. <laughs> Who, in that movie, I think she was in the loony bin, yeah, right? There you was. go. Yeah,
0: She had to be pulled out by Michael Douglas. Yeah,
1: that's right. That's right. Uh, God bless uh, Brittany Murphy and God bless Michael Douglas throat.
0: she re- <laughs> They're both in heaven. <laughs> she refused to go to bed and eventually scared so many of the other boarders that the police were called to take her to a nearby courthouse. Once examined by a police officer, a judge, and a doctor, Bly was taken to Blackwell's Island. Finally, she can get undercover.
1: That sounded like the beginning of a joke: a police officer, a judge, and a doctor,
0: and a woman go into a room, go into a loony bin at the courthouse. Yeah. <laughs> Committed to the asylum, Bly experienced the deplorable conditions firsthand. After ten days, the asylum released Bly. At the newspaper's behest, her report published October 9th, 1887 and later in book form as 10 days in a madhouse caused a sensation, prompted the asylum to implement reforms and brought her lasting fame. I have a feeling the reforms were like, all right, we'll use a smaller drill bit <laughs> when we're going into the heads.
1: What? Okay, so my other thing was, so the newspaper just says, hey- She's not really loony. Psych, 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 psych. Psych, 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 psych. psych, 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 psych. psych you got to get her out of there. Psych <laughs> ward, psych, psych. Like, get her out. And they're like, oh, shit. Like, the loony bin's like, Ugh, sorry about that. So my other thing was like, okay, so... Where is she writing all this? Like, is she just taking mental notes?
0: Oh, that's a good question.
1: Because, or you know, because why? Or, or maybe they do give the little loonies some journals and stuff. Isn't that therapeutic to write down your thoughts? Probably not a sharp
0: pencil, but maybe like a crayon or something. Right?
1: Or is she like writing on the walls? (laughs) I barely remember anything, so having to remember ten days worth of of investigative Mm. journalism, it's like, where are you? Storing it, yeah.
0: I think you're dumb.
1: You, <laughs> you're thinking the experience itself. It was like a, uh, it was like VR for her. Yeah, the whole experience. Yeah, okay. yeah.
0: I think so. All right. In 1893, Bly used the celebrity status she had gained from her asylum reporting skills to schedule an exclusive interview Ooh, with Oprah with the allegedly insane serial killer Lizzie Halliday. We could go to Lizzie Halliday. I'd like this. to.
1: I'd like to know about more about these uh, female serial killers. You know, we get we get all the men. I would should say yes. get all the infamous serial killers. It's like, hey, women can be diabolical as well.
0: I mean, have you ever seen the show Snapped?
1: Snapped? No, oh, you've no. never
0: heard about the show. Oh, it's been on for years, but the show Snapped.
1: It's like a husband and wife kind of thing. No, and I'll they tell you. It? I'll
0: tell you. No, let me guess. Let me no, give a few no. Hundred guesses. I'll let you know. It's on the Oxygen Network or it oh, used okay. to be, Which okay. is so funny to me that the whole premise of the show is women killing men. Yeah. <laughs> like murdering men. Yeah. And that's, they put it on this like. That's Oxygen's demographic. This female driven network. Sure. Which I feel like you're kind of sending the wrong message or just a message. I mean, it's empowering women as a network, but that shows specifically, it's like, let's not empower so much. Do you, uh, seeing as you've
1: seen the show multiple times, do you feel like it is written um, majority by women?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Hmm. I, I, you know, I haven't watched it in years, but I have, recently heard commercials for it for it like it's back yeah. like it got like rebooted true, yeah or yeah. i don't know exactly but on true crime uh podcasts i've Ooh. been hearing commercials and they're like women who snapped <laughs> i might
1: try to get on that show then because yeah, as you know i'm in the true crime field i do so know that i may jump jump off of my current show and, to snap uh, to snapped.
0: yeah we are on lizzie halliday now who was an Irish-American serial killer responsible for the deaths of four people in upstate New York during the 1890s. In 1894, she became the first woman to be sentenced to death by the electric chair. (laughs) Previous to that, women were sentenced to death via witch hunt. Witch hunt, by hanging. Drowning, I thought. Oh, drowning? Drowning? Maybe a little of column. Oh, a burning too. Let's not forget the burning. Maybe do you think do you think they ever did like dealer's choice? Or not dealer's
1: choice, I get vic
0: kinda like a price is right wheel. <laughs> you get to spin the wheel and they're like, We got great news, we just added electric chair. <laughs> <laughs> some new technology yeah, yeah it's like drowning burning hanging gun electric chair guillotine
1: i mean i totally see that as a viable thing that these some of these small towns would do because i mean you gotta think they didn't have tv they didn't have i love lucy on you let's,
0: know and let's entertain the people
1: right i mean in, in fact that was in a sort of way uh some sort of sick like if you're a real sick puppy, yeah. you know, that's sort of an entertainment, right? They did yeah, it. I would never go. They did it. I would have f- never gone back then. <laughs> never. I would have never gone. They they did it like in town hall, right? They did it yeah. right in front of everybody. In the public square. In the public square. Yeah. Uh so I feel like it's like it almost um promoted being being viewed by everybody. Yeah. Everybody taking a part of this.
0: Yeah, I mean, make it like a showcase showdown where you get the wheel out, you spin the wheel, people a are- dollar? <laughs> A dollar? A and dollar? And also, like, maybe it's a big wheel where it has tons of things, and then there's one little sliver of set them free.
1: Ooh, right, you never hit it? It's <laughs> yeah, so rare? it's so rare. Right, and then when they do hit it, they would just, like, shoot them. Like, you know, no, they
0: set them free. I don't know, you think they so? Then get out there, yeah. Okay, Halliday's sentence was commuted and she spent the rest of her life in a mental institution. She didn't even uh, get to enjoy the electric chair. She killed a nurse while institutionalized. Ooh, that makes a five. Cannot be stopped.
1: Body count five.
0: And she is speculated to have killed her first two husbands. All right, let's go into her biography here. Let me get down to. Why, that's funny. Like, why did
1: she remarry? Like, she already killed one husband. Why, I mean, and I don't mean why have you know, have a partner, but why go through the rigmarole of getting married again?
0: I think we just kind of covered it with Nellie Bly. Women just didn't have opportunities, okay? Okay, trying to get some of that gosh money, yeah. What was she gonna do, become a journalist, (laughs) right? No, Nellie Bly got the one journalism job for females. For the stretch of forty
1: years. Also, I wish she was more in like the night in the nineteen hundreds, because I feel like, again, like you mentioned earlier, the eighteen hundreds, I mean, you could have murdered
0: your everybody. And... She probably had a higher count. Okay. That's for true. all we know. Yeah, that's true. In eighteen seventy-nine, Halliday married a Greenwich, New York man, known by the alias Charles Hopkins. His real name was Ketzpool Brown. I don't Blame him for picking an alien. I would have gone by (laughs) Cochrane Cochrane Seaman over Ketspool Brown. (laughs) Definitely. They're said to have had one son who ended up institutionalized classic. Nice. In 1881, after Hopkins' death, she married pensioner Artemis Brewer, but he also died less than a year later. Her third husband, Hiram Parkinson left her within the first year of marriage, dodged a bullet. Holliday went on to marry George Smith, a war veteran who had served with Brewer. That was her second husband. After a reported failed attempt to kill Smith by putting arsenic in his tea, Lizzie fled to Bella's Falls, Vermont. There she married Vermont resident Charles Playstel, but she vanished two weeks later. In the winter of 1888, Halliday resurfaced in Philadelphia at a saloon that was run by the McQallans, friends she had known from Ireland. Going by the name Maggie Hopkins, Halliday set up a shop, but was later convicted of burning it down for insurance money. She is on a tear. Drama follows her everywhere she was sentenced to 2 years in Philadelphia's Eastern State Penitentiary. Um I was going to ask why uh like how and it might
1: be a boring answer, but the question is interesting. How long had, when did insurance w- was invent when was insurance invented?
0: Mm. well do you want we haven't even gotten to the murders. That's true that's true. But we can dive into insurance yeah, cuz then that leads into I think insurance leads to a lot of uh
1: Murders, especially when it comes to mm. life insurance. I heard
0: Jesus had life insurance on Mary. Had a good policy on himself. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and then and the Judas was a uh, uh, what's it called? The benefactor.
1: The benefactor. Yeah, okay.
0: exactly. He's the one that took it out. Multiple policies, apparently. Here's the murders. In May 1891, the Halliday house was burned to the ground, killing Halliday's mentally handicapped son John. Oof. So that's number one. Oof. So that's a one body count. That's one body count. She was again suspected of setting the fire since she was known to have disliked John. She claimed that he oh. died trying to save her from the flames, but his locked bedroom door was discovered in the rubble and Halliday was in possession of the key. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if that would you have locked been my first the guess. door, yeah, yeah. just leave the key in the fire. Soon after she burned down the Halliday barn and mill as well. She attempted to run off with another man but was arrested and sent to an asylum. She was transferred to another asylum but was then declared cured and released, returning home to Halliday. Paul Halliday disappeared that August. I thought she married Charles Halliday. Right, or... but I think maybe
1: Paul was the other guy that she was going to run off with. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who are these I, guys? Need I mean a chart? If these, if she's she's one loony, I wonder how loony these these guys were that they're like, a, it's my type of woman. Exactly, they
0: have a type. Yeah. Paul Halliday disappeared that August. She claimed he had gone to a nearby town to do masonry work. Following the neighbor's suspicions that something was not right about her story, a search warrant was obtained, and on September fourth, the bodies of two women were found buried in. Hey, in the barn. Both had been shot. The women were later identified as Margaret and Sarah McQuellen, New York residents who were part of the family Lizzie had stayed with in Philadelphia. That's a shame. No loyalty. None. God, this bitch. Little could be ascertained from Halliday as when questioned, she behaved in an erratic manner, tearing at her clothes and talking incoherently. Ah, My kind of woman. (laughs) (laughs) All all the police officers were (laughs) kind of attracted to her. She's ripping her clothes (laughs) up. She was kept in custody, of course, and some thought she was merely faking insanity. A few days after the McQuallans were found, Paul Halliday's mutilated body was discovered under the floorboards of his house. He had been shot. Lizzie was charged with the murder and held for trial at the Sullivan County jail in Monticello, New York. During her first few months there, she refused to eat, attacked the sheriff's wife, set fire to her own bed, tried to hang herself and cut her own throat with broken glass about which she said, quote unquote, I thought I would cut myself to see if I would bleed. I'm a little bored in here. I mean, that's kind of understand. That's kind
1: of after you've taken a few lives i think you kind of get this god complex
0: okay so here you go maybe this answers your question this is the press coverage jason while she was in jail lizzie received national (laughs) attention while she was in jail lizzie received national attention with one sensational story after another appearing across the country in tabloid newspapers the new york world that's Nellie's uh, newspaper. That's right, that's right. If it bleeds, it
1: leads. That's it, as they say.
0: And Lizzie bled. Oh yeah. The New York World portrayed Lizzie's case as "quote unquote" unprecedented and almost without parallel in the annals of crime. She was also covered by the world's Nellie Bly, who eventually managed to get an interview with Lizzie, in which she revealed her previous marriages. Oh. Facts Bly was able to confirm. Another useful source for reporters was Robert Halliday, Paul Halliday's son, uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, there was speculation that Lizzie was probably connected to the Jack the Ripper murders, although no connection was ever made. But, hey, you got to throw it out there, you know? Sure, why not?
1: So Yeah, you know, behind every good man is a good woman, so maybe Jack the Ripper behind behind him was... Uh...
0: Lizzie. Lizzie. Yeah, Yeah. he's like, Lizzie, you killed again. Can can you pry up some of those floorboards? Right, right. Can you
1: mutilate mutilate a body or two for
0: me? What's the hay situation looking like in the barn these days? Yeah, yeah. (laughs)
1: All right. Do wait, you want... wait. So wait, I thought Jack the Ripper was in uh, Jolly Old England. Yeah, this is this is in England. I thought which,
0: no, this was in New York. Yeah, but she was Irish, I guess. So okay. they were like close enough, same island. Okay, ish is no, that's different islands, right?
1: I mean, I believe it's a different island. No, I think it's all kind of kind of connected. Is in my...
0: England and Ireland separate islands? Yeah, I think so, because Scotland is at the north of England. I'll say Great Britain. Right, you know but what? Ireland is
1: northeast. I think, I
0: think we'll never know.
1: <laughs> uh, I was going to ask, well, I mean, not that,
0: I don't know too much about Jack the Ripper. Oh, that's a long article yeah. for another yeah, day, Yeah, I true, think. true. Let's go to insurance history here. Oh, great. Yeah, that's a short article. <laughs> Well, we can get to the start of it. Here's the early methods of insurance. Methods for transferring or distributing risk were practiced by the Babylonian, Chinese, and Indian traders as long ago as the 3rd and 2nd millennia BC, respectively. Chinese merchants traveling treacherous river rapids would redistribute their wares across many vessels to limit the loss due to any single vessel capsizing. Okay, then there's Hammurabi's Law, 238. Ah, his code. Yeah, well, right. his
1: law. Oh. He had a code, too. <laughs> he
0: also had a code, What'd yeah. So his law, 238, stipulated that a sea captain, ship manager, or ship charterer, that saved a ship from total loss was only required to pay one-half the value of the ship to the ship owner. Hmm. So, you know, that was a long time ago. Yeah, that was B.C., now I would imagine as long as there was insurance, there has been insurance fraud. Fraud. Yeah. For yeah, sure. we, we lost half the ship. And murder. And yes, once there's life insurance. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what separated A D from BC. Totally. Hey, and hats off to
1: insurance. Insurance actually kinda of paid off this time around. I recently got some of my Stuff stolen, yeah, and insurance is covering about ninety percent of it, so not bad. That's pretty good. Did yeah.
0: you have to pay a deductible?
1: uh No, it was oh. uh, it was on pro- property, uh, and no deductible on property. No, d- no deduct on on prop.
0: Wow, you know, I so. kind of hate insurance. Quite, no, I don't course, hate it. It just who seems who useless. But anyway, came through. came, came through, through this time. All right, well, we got to wrap it up here, Jason.
1: All right, folks. Well, thanks again. That does it for another episode of Wiki University Summer Sessions. Thanks again for uh, coming along this ride with us. Please, a friendly reminder to uh, follow us on all the socials. uh, Give us a good fisting on YouTube. uh, Subscribe. And thank you for joining us and uh, liking. And uh, another reminder to just tell a friend.
0: Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Bye.